Welcome to the conference room with this week's guest, Baba Amin. It's not just about selling the product, but to get the product installed, adopted, and in use so that there is actual value that the customer gets out of that. Because if they're not getting value out of that, they're not going to increase their uh, usage. Welcome to The Conference Room, a weekly podcast where business leaders and growth experts kindly share their experiences, actionable tips, and secrets to successfully grow a business. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help us out. And I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to The Conference Room. Good afternoon and welcome to The Conference Room. I'm joined by Baba Amen. Baba has spent over 20 years at the forefront of the technology sector. He was with Novell for 19 years, the last three years of which he was director of cloud security before most other companies were even thinking about cloud security. Then he led CA's identity as a service product team. He was with Ping Identity for almost six years, latterly as their CTO. And since April of 2021, he's been Chief Product and Operating Officer at Cybersecurity Early Stage Vendor Viridium. And I'm delighted to say he's found time in his incredibly busy schedule to join us here in the conference room. So, Barbara Amin, good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. And, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's it's a pleasure to always be, you know, to be with you and speaking with you. And, you know, it's, every time you and I have had a conversation, it's it's wonderful. So Thank happy you. to be here. You're very kind. Thank you very much. So every hero has an origin story and you're the hero of our story. So tell me, how did you get from starting out, breaking into the technology sector to now being chief product and operating officer at Viridium? Excellent question. So if I have to if I have to point to one thing, um, um, it would be, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the people who, along the way who who mentored me. And uh, I'm going to call out one one individual, Lauren Russell. Um, he gave me this piece of advice early on in my career. He said, "Look, um, learn the business from all of its aspects. Learn to listen to customers, and learn to be empathetic to what the customers' needs are." And and that's really what what has you know driven me. Um, so. You know, I guess my my superpower is really um, listening to the customers. Um, it is understanding what is it that they're trying to achieve, right? Don't talk to them, um, but listen to them and have a conversation with them, right? Most people end up talking to people rather than talking with people. So, so that there's there's a, there's a there's a fundamental difference between the two, right? So, um, so understanding what the customers' needs are, uh, making them you know making them the hero of their story, making them the hero of their journey, really, and and really understanding what drives them and what are they trying to accomplish, what are their challenges, what are their boundaries, um, and and stop thinking about you know, us as a vendor 
as the as as the predominant pointer. It's not about us. It's about them, really. And and that that is really what uh, what has you know kind of propelled me and um, and uh, and and gotten me to where I am. Right. That's that's really cool. So you now are the chief product and operating officer um, of Viridium, and as we kind of talked through your background uh, in in the introduction, product was something that came up um, quite a lot. Um, Director of cloud security over in Avell, basically running a product division, um, running uh, the product team uh, to CA, their identity as a service product team, and then uh, and then here also at Viridium. So probably, the, if you would. Can you explain to me first off what a product team does, and then what your responsibilities as chief product officer are? Excellent, excellent question. Um, so, product teams really are—you know—they're the heart. They're the product. They are—they are what a vendor, you know, a identity and security vendor, cybersecurity vendor is taking to the market. Right now, if you're a consulting company, you're your product is your services but but as a product vendor what what we're taking to the market is a solution to a problem okay so the product team's responsibility is to one um you know listen to customers listen to what the feedback is from the customers um set listen to the market um, because sometimes the feedback from the market is different than the feedback from the customers it's not different like it's how, yeah it's not yeah yeah it's not different like it's opposite but it's different in the sense that um, you know your your customers might be focused on solving a tactical problem that they have today while the market uh is looking to solve a problem that is going to be, you know, that is in development or that needs to be solved tomorrow. Um, so, so it's uh, it's 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 a slightly different way of looking at things, right? So when you don't you, get hung up. So when you talk about when you talk about um, your customers versus the market, okay, how do we define the market? Excellent. Um, so there's a couple of couple of different ways. It depends on your uh, go-to-market strategy and and how you as a company, you know, is 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 driving its uh, its vision. Um, you can be a product-led company, you can be a market-led company, you can be a sales-led company, you can be a customer-led company. Those are the four main drivers. Now, um, having said that. There's very few companies that only use one of those drivers, right? It's normally a combination of a few different things. Okay. Let's um, dig into those a little bit more. So yeah. let's just expand on that a little bit. So so um, how would we define the difference between these four? So you said a product-led company, a market-led company, a sales-led company, and a... What was the fourth one? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's product-led, market-led, sales-led, uh Kim, now I forgot now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back to me. But okay. let's start. Let's start with these three. Okay. Um 
So uh, a product-led company is really um, focused on the customer experience, right? So everything revolves around the customer experience. That means that the product is front and center. The product is what is driving the growth of the company. That means the customers look at your product, they use it, they tell other people, and your product is the main focus and and that's how you start getting new customers that's how you get you know uh, more deployments that's how you get more uh, consumption so in the so out maybe outside of the of the tech space maybe um coca-cola might be an example of that something that's very product led well coca-cola is a combination of i would say it's a combination of uh market and product right they focus oh, okay. a lot on the marketing aspect and drive oh, the product and drive the product growth from also it so let's talk about more a market led is right so market led company is a company that um does a lot of analyses on the market it identifies a specific market segment and it says look this is an untapped market segment or this is a market segment that has huge potential for us um you know kind of like the red ocean blue ocean type stuff right and and we're going to develop a product to service this market so they define the market they define its needs they define um what type of a product is going to service its needs and then they you know create a product to go after that particular market segment right um and and so that's a that's a market led company now like i said nobody does a pure approach like that right you might start you might start as a market led company because you say hey you know what i've done the market research i know what product i need this is what i'm going to build and then you might switch to a product led company at that point because once the product is in front of your customers you let the product vision drive its adoption and accelerate its adoption and move it forward Right. So, so just so I understand it, market-led is where you've done the research to, to determine what a particular market needs, what their perhaps their pain points are, what problems they're experiencing, and then from that you then build a product to address it, and then maybe the um, the go-to-market strategy migrates more towards now we have a product. Let's make the product at the focal point of our um, our, of our activities to drive its own adoption correct correct okay. correct and, and so it could so continue being like, a, so maybe yeah, it could... like um free trials or, or or maybe using things like um i don't know um having uh having uh, um, uh a customer success team that are very much driving utilization that sort of thing so the product becomes its own evangelist effectively exactly exactly right. the product is the evangelist and and that's why the experience <clears throat> the user experience is fundamental right it's it's really important um, that they have the best user experience because that's how that product is going to get better adoption and you know more adoption you know less friction all of that right um so um so then talk about you know a sales led a sales led organization is is really where you know you have your sales teams that are going out and and really you know pounding the street you know knocking on doors 
or the new equivalent of knocking on doors, you know, sending Zoom invites <laughs> and making calls and making relationships, right? It's, it's creating those relationships and having those conversations, educating the customer and saying, look, um, educating the prospects to say, you know, you might not know that you needed this, but these are the problems you're facing. And this is, you know, this this thing can solve your problems. There might be new regulation coming down. So they are the, they're really educating the customer and saying, um, you know, these are the problems you're running into. These are the problems you might be running into tomorrow. Um, and And sales becomes your main driver for revenue, right? So sales, does the demand generation and they drive that, uh, you know, increase in adoption, increase in revenue. Um, you know, the thing you pointed out earlier about, um, uh, you know, customer success teams. So um, a lot of times customer success teams, um, you know, are attached to the sales organizations um, because what you focus on there is adoption, you know, where, uh, you know, not it's not just about selling the product, but, to get the product installed, adopted, and in use so that there is actual value that the customer gets out of that. Because if they're not getting value out of that, they're not going to increase their um, usage. Right. So, so sales is the main driver of things moving forward. They're the ones who come back to the customer to back to the product team, right? So the product team is always playing a central role, whether it's marketing coming to the product team and saying, we've done the research, we've interviewed this many people, you know, this is the data and we need to build a product like this. You know, we've done the A-B testing, um, you know, normally it's called an MRD, a marketing, you know, a market requirements document. Um, so the product team has to execute on that and then, you know, kind of create a feedback loop. When sales is the driver, sales comes back and says, hey, I've been talking to these customers and these customers are saying um, they're going to need this functionality or this is the problem that our product is not solving for them can we modify the product enhance the product to solve for these things so the so the main set of requirements are coming from um from sales because they're the they're the tip of the arrow they're the they're you know at the forefront having that conversation but again it's it's never it's at least i haven't seen it uh, i shouldn't say never <laughs> it, mm. i haven't seen it is that you know you focus a pure one way or the other uh, even if you're focusing only one way uh, depending on where you know you are in the in the growth cycle right whether you're early mid stage later stage um you know how mature your product is how mature your market is how mature your customers are um it will also shift and change you know where the focus is heavier versus versus less focus right okay okay so as the chief products officer okay what are your duties what what are your main areas of focus well the main main area of focus um i would say is still um listening to customers listening to their feedback right and it's not just existing customers but also prospects so um, whenever we have a conversation with somebody and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to help them understand how we are solving similar problems that they have, um, they have some feedback for us, um, you know, good, bad, otherwise, um, right? All feedback is important. 
And being able to internalize that feedback and then, you know, work with the with the product team, with the engineering team, and and having a collaborative effort there to say, hey, um, you know, we're we're hearing this. So um, how do we, you know, what what are we going to do? How do we solve for that? How do we make this experience better? You know, we could be hearing something about, um, you know, that there is a certain certain area of friction, whether that's during upgrades, whether that's during administrative duties, whether that's during, you know, end users usage. Um, all of those touch points matter. So um, as as a product officer, the first part of the job is listening, listening to your customers, listening to your partners, right? That's really important because your partners are an extension of your organization and they are, you know, trusted advisors to customers. So when your partners come back and they say, hey, um, we need to solve for this, that's that's really important feedback because that's how you're going to scale. So, so listening to partners is really, really important. Um, and then what I do is I listen to, uh, in a, you know, um, to my um, UI and UX team, the experience team, um, and that's that's basically my own customer success team, um, because my own customer success is is what is helping you know customers deploy it and helping customers adopt the product. So, so they get to see the challenges and sometimes the frustration and sometimes the you know um, uh, uh, the, the gaps or the rough edges that uh, you know we might not be able to see you know outside you know because because we get so hung up and you know we're we're inside the forest so all we see is is basically you know trees yeah. and we're not looking at the bigger picture but you know they're looking at it from the outside they're looking at it how does this piece behave in a in the wild for lack of a better word right. in, a, in a in a customer ecosystem right, right. Uh, how does it how does it does it play nice um where are the edges where are the corners how does it fit within the larger context that the customer is trying to use it in um so that feedback is extremely important and 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 making sure that we incorporate that feedback into the into the product the so, other thing that sorry go uh, on no no please uh, yeah the last thing that the you know we have to do is to as a, as a product officer as a product manager um is to um generalize um you know what what is being asked so um you know people can come to us and say hey i need x somebody says i need x prime somebody says i need x plus 1 somebody says i need you know x minus 1 so taking all of those conversations and trying to understand why is somebody asking for x right sometimes sometimes people tell you instead of telling you what their what is the experience they desire or what is the solution they desire they end up telling you the what the solution right um so so in that case you have to kind of you know strip away some of those you know external things and get down to the essence of what is being desired um so that you can normalize all the asks you know into into a more standardized ask and say okay if we do this then we can service this 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 and these needs 
rather than you know each of them becoming a bespoke uh, you know requirement or a bespoke need so normalizing and standardizing um you know the asks is is a fundamental part of the job um so so you have to be able to think uh in broader you know broad strokes and be able to distill information down to its to its basic you know basic facts and simplify the asks down to uh, you know what is the what is the core thing that is being asked for? That's really important. Right. It's it's interesting you say that because um, um, on a recent episode of this podcast, um, I interviewed um, uh, Carsten Willems, who is the CEO of VMRay. Okay. And, uh, and he was saying that uh, at the very beginning, one of the things that they they took the conscious decision to do was not to get pulled into um, making bespoke. Um, uh, amendment, but sort of uh, additions or changes to that core product, uh, because they wanted the product to be solely, you know, kind of focused on um, the enterprise, and recently any enterprise could do. So, how would you? I mean, how would you take, for example, a custom request of we really need it to integrate with this, or we really need it to do that, or would really that button was green instead of blue or whatever, right? How do you how do you go through that distillation process to ensure that you are still addressing the needs of the customer base without undermining what should still be a market wide product? Yeah, so it it really comes down to asking asking questions and asking asking why mm. right so you keep asking why 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 are you asking about this why do you need this right? somebody says i want this button to be green well why do you need it to be green right they could say well because you know green means go and this is helping me figure out that you know i don't have to worry about this okay that's a valid reason right um, or they, you know, they say, well, I, I need, you know, these things moved over to the right versus the left, or they can say, if, you know, I, 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 I don't want the, I want my install to be more automated. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Right. The install happens once. Why do you care? Why? So, um, but, but the key point is to keep asking why until there is no answer. Right. And and that you know that that gets um, to the bottom of things, right? And and we we by the way all used to do this, like when we were all kids. Whenever somebody told us something, we would say, "But why?" They would give us a reason. We say, "But why?" <laughs> Remember that? Remember, I've got an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> she still does it. <laughs> so 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 that it's it's the same it's the same thing because that. The why helps us strip away, um, you know, all the extra information and get down to really the core of what is it that we're trying to achieve, or what is it that somebody is trying to achieve? What is what is the purpose behind their their request? And is it from that point that you can then determine whether this is something unique to this one organization, or whether this is something that is going to have a broader appeal? Um, from that and having, uh, you know, 
a large number of conversations right because if you if because if you only have like four conversations then your data point is still only limited to four right. <laughs> so so um you know i always encourage people to have as many conversations as possible right and and that you know don't don't look at everything as that i'm only going to talk to people who you know are potential prospects right talk to everybody because um you will get different viewpoints and you will get feedback and 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 you can you can really start thinking more holistically about things so so don't only limit your conversations to the prospect um you know ask ask for feedback ask for help um even if you know somebody is not in the buying cycle right now um see if they'll still give you the time of day to give you feedback because that feedback is really really important mm yeah no, so so the large number of conversations and asking why till there is no more answer left are probably the two things that really need to go together right okay that's great okay so people talk a lot about product market fit and one of the biggest sort of challenges but at the same time most fundamental elements to the success or otherwise of a company is determining product market fit okay so as the chief product officer okay ultimately that comes down to you okay so what are your key strategies that um you deploy to determine product market fit so the ultimate product market fit is when your customers become your champions that's the ultimate product market fit okay um and and that is one of the things you should always be measuring right um so product market fit you know there's a frameworks that you can you can deploy to understand where you are in your product market fit journey um you know um so so once once you start getting customers and those customers you know are willing to give you feedback and they become your design partners so that's one thing uh if they become your design partners that means they believe in it and they want to see it improve and they're going to help you improve it um the amount of adoption within the customer itself so what are is your is your is the adoption growing within the customer are they finding new new places to use that that's you know is it is it a plus or a minus right um are your customers um basically telling their peers is that a plus or a minus right so as long as you keep saying plus on these things you're 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 moving towards the ultimate product market fit so so it's not there is no there's no such thing there's no magic basically <laughs> uh, right it it it's a framework and you know um you know i i have developed a framework over time um there are you know frameworks around product market fit that uh uh you know like bain consulting uh, uh mckinsey other folks have um but they all focus around um you know the the adoption the increased usage um the increased lifetime value um and ultimately having your customer become your champion when your customer is really the one that is promoting your product to their peers and and becomes your voice 
that means you have achieved product market fit. Okay. Think thinking back through your own career, what would you say have been the biggest sort of successes when it comes to um, the life of somebody that kind of lives and breathes product? Okay. Maybe all the way back to your Novell days or even something that happened yesterday. Okay. What would you say are maybe some of the key sort of successes that uh, that you look back on with significant pride? Um, you know, every time, all, all the different instances and every time, you know, it has, it has given me amazing amount of energy. Um, you know, the universe has given me that energy in those instances <laughs> is always, um, when it's a happy customer, they're getting great value out of that. Um, it, it, it's just amazing right to to see to to hear that to 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 see that um um you know to, because because we've solved a problem right like you know a, a friend of mine used to say well you know we're not curing cancer no we're not curing cancer yes but you know what we're still making somebody's you know life better by reducing the amount of anxiety they have mm. by helping them do their you know whatever they're trying to do easier faster better more securely um and helping them move forward in their goals and that is that is exciting so you know all the way back to the novel days um um we we did um <laughs> i still remember this was the craziest trip we did six countries in six days <laughs> wow uh we would have a meeting um with the with the major telcos in these countries um at the, at the during the first half of the day then run to the airport get on a flight land to the next place basically you know check into the hotel to sleep check out the next day and go to an, to the meeting um um and it was it was great because um you know we got we got lots of feedback and uh you know some of those some of those uh, um, uh folks became our advisors and our customers and and you know so so that was great um at ca like you said we we started um you know from scratch there was no identity as a service so so we started from scratch and we had to do everything we had to we had to figure out the costing, you know, the cost model, you know, Amazon was there, but most people were still running their own data centers. So it wasn't like, oh, let's just spin up services in AWS at that point. Um, it was still, you know, early in its in its uh, in its days. Um, and, um, you know, we, we had to change the culture inside the company also, because people were used to selling software. So, you know, getting them to sell service Right. software as a service was was you know you have a different mindset how do you do delivery the professional services team had to learn new things how do you do delivery now it's not it's not installation it's consumption right um so so that was great because you know we went through all of those processes and really set new you know standards or new ways of doing things that are that are that are you know evolved but most of them are still still in place um, so that was that was great. Um, you know, Ping Ping was and still is an amazing, amazing company. Um, the culture, right, that that is inside that company 
um, the interaction they have with their customers, um, you know, is 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 just just super amazing. And and so so it was it was a lot of fun, um, uh, you know, working with uh, both you know the teams inside the company. Uh, just such a such a such a you know set of amazing amazing people everywhere. And with the customers, um, because those customers were true design partners. Those customers always provided real, valuable, candid feedback that was actionable. Right. right? Um, they weren't just, you know, giving us, you know, empty words like saying, "Oh yeah, this works great." No, they would tell us, you know, if if it worked great, they would really tell us, and they meant it. Um, and if if there was a problem, they were open about that because they believed that you know we could improve it and it would help them and it would help their peers so um so we we had you know uh, uh customer advisory boards um, um which which was a great venue for people to talk amongst themselves and and also provide candid feedback to the organization um Viridium um, has been has been amazing, um, you know, for other reasons, right? Because we we are we're literally starting everything from scratch. Um, so um, you know, and 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 the the capabilities that we're bringing to to market, especially around our biometrics, our um, uh, uh, you know intelligent login protection, um, you know, the AI and the ML capabilities around how do you how do you identify with a strong degree of probability that the person behind the machine is the person who say they are, or behind the phone is the person they say they are, right? Um, so, so that is that is some some uh, you know amazing amazing technology there. A lot of lot of uh, really smart people doing that work, and and customers are really appreciating that, right? Um, our our largest customer. Has been um, has been growing their usage. They are an excellent and amazing design partner for us. They give us lots of valuable feedback. Um, um, you know, now we've got uh, another customer uh, on the U.S. East Coast that is that has been that has been super supportive, super amazing in terms of um, you know giving us valuable feedback and also giving us the time. And the and and you know and and their um, um, resources right within their organization to 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 help you know move certain things and and try certain things out um, because they're trying it in the wild they're trying it in a scenario that is real right it's not a lab environment it's not a test environment it it is it is it is actually real. So what what do they say, right? Um, um, uh, no plan, um, no plan survives first contact. Right. So so this is this is first. This is you know stuff happening in first contact. Yeah. And and you know they they are working with us, and it's it's uh, it's an amazing feeling. Okay, great stuff. And 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 also, of course, I'm sure there's there's a, there's a contrast between um, uh, running product for a a segment of a larger company where there's a lot of resources and a lot of history and 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 all of that versus doing the same thing for for a much earlier stage company. So uh, I'm sure that's uh, that's been quite the challenge for you as well. Um, so what would you say are your top three tips for somebody who wants to be successful in running product? I'm going to go back to what Lauren told me. Uh <laughs> 
listen to your customers. Right. Right. Um, have empathy. Right. If you don't have empathy, develop empathy. Um, and and I and I can I can you know I raise my hand and I say I had to develop it. So so it is a skill you can develop. Right. Um, and you know um, find find those customers who are going to become your design partners. Right. I, I that is that is probably the most important thing. Um, because you know, you're, you're that that'll help you move that product farther, faster, and in the right direction. Right. Um, and you don't frustrate your engineering teams, <laughs> <laughs> giving them something that's impossible to do. So, or, uh, or worse, or worse, giving them something and then you know, you know, doing a U turn and asking them to do something else and then asking yeah. them to do something else. Like, yeah. don't don't make your engineering teams do that. Right. right. Uh, now, every now and then, sometimes you have to, but but you know that's okay. Um, and then and then be transparent. Right. That's that's really important. Um, be transparent with your engineering teams. Uh, be transparent with your customers. Um, trust is very important. Right. You have to build that trust with the customers and with your teams so that they know why they're doing something. Um, that is that is extremely important also. All right, great stuff. And what's next for you and for Viridian? Um, well, we are continuing forward, um, you know, solving um, the passwordless, um, you know, problem for uh, for our customers. Um, you know, what we like to say is we we make uh, security invisible, right? right? <laughs> so we, our goal is to hide the complexity of security, uh, you know, as it as it you know, from, from the user experience, um, you know, as it relates to login and authentication um, without compromising the actual security, right? So it doesn't doesn't make security less. It's it's still good security, still high level of security, um, but make it invisible so that you reduce the anxiety that people feel, you know, with passwords and getting fished and getting ransomware and right that that's really the goal. So so we're going to continue down that down that path and continue on that journey. That's great. And if people want to reach out and uh, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um they can connect me connect with me over LinkedIn. They can send me an email at barber@viridiumid.com. Um Great stuff. I'll make sure that uh, those uh, that those credentials are on the show notes below, as well as a link to Viridium's website if people wanted to learn more about uh, what it is that you do. Baba, thank you so much. This has been such an eye-opening conversation. I had no idea the complexity and the sort of um, involvement, uh, the very DNA of an organization that products has, and how not just how important it is, but really how existential it is um, for a company to have a very strong product team and really what it does and the value that it brings. And I'm hugely grateful for you uh, coming into the conference room to uh, to walk me through it and explain it to me. So, uh, Barbara Amin, thank you so much for coming in and joining us here in the conference room. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for having me. 
Coming up next week on The Conference Room, I'll be talking to the Vice President of EMEA of Cybersecurity Vendor Logarithm, Kev Ely. And then in Europe, in different countries, you have very different tendencies when it comes to purchasing technology. Some parts of Europe, um, a proof of value or proof of concept is absolutely essential. It's essential that the technicians actually get their hands on the technology and test it. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, to see all the other episodes and to get access to the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your network, or better still, go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. It'll only take you a moment, but it'll mean the world to us. And please don't hesitate to tell us which topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To get in touch, drop us a line in the comments section or send us a message on social media. Just search for The Conference Room Podcast or me, Simon Lader, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm always open to a conversation. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll be alerted when a new episode goes live every week. Thanks so much for listening to The Conference Room, and until next time, keep talking. Mm -hmm.